Hello friends, I'm your host Chris Thrill, I'm a former Royal Marines Commando, I've adventured for better and sometimes worse across 80 countries on all seven continents. Welcome to the Bought the T-Shirt Podcast. I hope you're uh, you're all doing really well. Got a great live chat for you tonight. Can everybody hear me okay? Might be a bit loud. Boomer Tech, can you can you hear us okay? Excellent. Brilliant. Hello Chris and Claire at VForce. Tony, Ian, Dave's dad, Dave, Lewis, Robert. Brilliant. Right. Check out this man, da -na -na. Alex, how are you, sir? Yo, it's the Chris and Alex show on Friday night. Chris, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can. You're slightly quiet, but I don't know if that's my Zoom set. I come a bit closer. There we go. What about now? Yeah, that's fine. Friends at home, can you hear Alex all right? Testing, testing. One, two, three. Technicalities on our thing. <laughs> I always ask for a, a running commentary, Alex, to um, from my team, just to let me know if they can hear me. Otherwise, I think Your I'm. Team? I think yeah. Well, these these guys are my. Um, the Chris Sproul Army. These are my doggies. <laughs> Any ex-Marines? Um, yeah, we did get. You, what did you just do there? Did you just do that? That's my doggies sign. Is what's that one? Or is it the Illumin? Is it the Illuminati? I'm not sure. I think that's Illuminati. I don't know. <laughs> is it? <laughs> Let's create our own one. They all do this in jiu-jitsu. I think this is one. I'm like, I don't quite get it. Anyway, Did how you... are we doing, guys? How are we doing, Chris? So what are we going to talk about tonight? Oh, mate. Um, well, let's just say from the off, friends at home, put some questions in capitals for Alex oh or, or me, but obviously Alex is the in the spotlight now. Alex. As, we were get, as we were getting ready, I made myself a protein shake, but it doesn't look like it's going to come out. Yeah. <laughs> it, that's avocado, banana, a pepper, a whey protein, and uh, oat milk with ice. Wow. Do you, Tastes good. Do you... Um, I stopped... Well, I mean, I stopped the protein shakes when I stopped bodybuilding years ago. I use pea, pea protein now in my... Yeah, green... that's good. Well, uh, what's your diet like? Probably the almost like the best of anyone I know, except when um, I'm drinking do beer. Get, do you get indigestion? So you still drink beer? Occasionally, I'll have a bit of a bit. It's normally a binge with me. It, it's to get it out of my system. But Mint? I'm much. I'm. Um, I have a little bit of tuna, maybe once a week, and. If me and my boy we we treat ourselves to a takeaway, we have a, a a chicken kebab. How's your strength gone then since you've been? A, how young are you? Uh, I'm about twenty. Is it twenty one? I I lose. I forget. Twenty one, twenty two. <laughs> or you may. But you're you're older than me. I'm twenty fifteen. You can. Oh, you can add thirty. You can add thirty years to that. Yeah, fifteen. Well, I'm fifteen in here. Yeah, still a bit innocent. Not quite discovered what the world's all about. I have to. Do you know what? How? how I don't know how old you are. 
I think we're roughly the same sort of age. I'm 51. You're you... ten. You're 10 years younger than me, aren't you? Oh, and I'm five, six years younger. Um, tell me, do you still ever feel like a child? Oh, um, mate. Do you ever feel like I've got to pretend to be a grown-up here? <laughs> do you get that, or is that just me? Yeah, but I get it when I look at other people. I think, how the fuck are they so grown up? And I just feel like I'm eight years old still. <laughs> how did they accomplish all this? And I look, and I've accomplished a lot. I have to remember, I have accomplished a lot. I've done a lot of things, but you kind of forget it. I, I was, the other day, um, I'm in my mum's house, the, the, the house that I grew up in, an older shop, good old older shop. And I was going through, I'm going through all my old stuff and, finding files and I'm like all my old accomplishments when I when I I was a property investor and I had properties and I was like wow I had money what happened and I forget and I I, I had all, did all my fights had over 300 fights but I had about 50 MMA fights and some big ones the money I made I invested but I didn't excuse my language spunk it up the wall I invested it unwisely what have I got to show for it? And it, it really has knocked my confidence. It's not once bitten, twice shy. It's it's twice, three times bitten, very shy. And it, it's knocked my confidence as a as a functioning adult. And I see, like, I mean, I went off from the... Um, and then I, I made a bit of money. I lost it all because I didn't invest it wisely. I then made some money again um, in the celebrity world. But look, what did that do to me? I was a lamb to the slaughter. So... I almost feel eternally like a child because I've been, in so many ways, I have so much experience, but in so many ways, I feel like, well, hang on. I look at my friends who didn't have the opportunities I've had, but they've gone on to accomplish by sticking to the one thing where I've been all over the place. And that's quite an often thing. When you go, when you're all over the place, you can be a busy fool. You don't get stuff done. So I'm 45 years young now and I'm like, I'm still young enough. I've, I'm, 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 my lovely lady, we have great news, is pregnant. We're six weeks pregnant. I wouldn't normally announce that. I know it's great, but we're we're announcing that because we're we're talking about IVF and we're it's part of our journey, part of the two the trials and pitfalls, and it's scary. But with that comes a big responsibility, especially as a, a man who who's had money, who's lost money, who's had good businesses, and now. I can't, excuse my language, fuck it up. I've got, I already have a child um, and I'm about to have potentially two more children. We've got twins in the in the oven at the moment. And that's, it's a bit of pressure. Can I ask you something there then, Al? Because obviously I'm not a man who reads tabloid newspapers, but when I was looking... Am I. When I was looking to put our thumb, thumbnail or some video together or whatever it was... You've only got to type Alex into a search engine and you're all over every, <laughs> your, every, your announcement is everywhere. And I, is it really? Yeah. I've not been, I've not been following it to tell you the truth. Good. I, 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 I have actually got to the point where I do Google my name maybe once or once a week, see what's going on. Um, but I don't, I'm not looking at it every five seconds. The reason why I Google it is because I've still got legal stuff going on and I need to know what's going on in the media because it, without go, I don't want to go into it. There's lots of negative stuff still going on and I need to know what's being said. But I try my best to avoid it, to tell you the truth. Um, 
I think when we last spoke, I mentioned that I'm I'm not really keen on celebrity. I'm not completely anti it. I don't mind being celebrated for having accomplished something, but you see the state of celebrity today. It's like, hmm, it's not really something I want to shout about. Yeah, of course. I think that's doing a lot too much, uh, opening up this too much. You start to realise what's, what's, what's really important in the world. You know, it's like, for so long, my ego got in the way of that calcified this massively. I'm sure I don't need to worry about the people who probably watch this to talk about what they know what I'm talking about in regards to, or do I? Tell me, what the, the people who listen to your podcast, do they understand what I'm talking about when I point, mention this? We have a very uh, educated audience, Alex. You know, I don't pull any punches. <laughs> I mean, the whole point I started a podcast is because I've seen the whole world. I've been high i've been low i've been rich i've been poor i've 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 opened my third eye of, of probably a long time ago it started opening and then um that was through my addic you know overcoming addiction and then when we let, let let's Can we go there for a second because i found that fascinating last time we talked about your crystal meth experience Did, tell me what effect did that have on your consciousness of Open, I mean, from what my, I've spoken to some people about it, and they say, I've got a friend actually I trained the other day, and his, his ex-girlfriend, who's the mother of his child, which she'd just come clean of the fact that she's addicted to crystal meth. And he said for so long, he, go, he couldn't understand what was going on. But when he was around there, the atmosphere, the energy, the crystal meth, uh, I talked about this briefly last time, there's entities around us. It almost draw, drawed in this energy, and it just felt cold and dark. So tell me, and you you lose empathy. Is that the, is that what happens? You, you bring in, you draw in negative energies. You know, I was quite young compared to the older person I am now. When I when I was in the throes of crystal meth addiction. So what was I? I was twenty, twenty six, twenty seven. I won't say you know this sort of thing. You don't you don't nail it in a one So it went on and on for years and years. If I was completely honest, but but the oh, when did you leave the Marines? What age did you leave the Marines? I left when I was twenty five, so nineteen ninety five. And did you uh, see lots of horrible things? Which is there any correlation between the crystal meth and the what you experienced in the Marines? Um, escapism. Okay, I mean, from, I, I from, understand turning to drugs to escape yeah, life. No, from a combat perspective, there was nothing there that, I mean, you know, things were going bang and that sort of stuff, but that it, that, that never bothered me. Um, it was more, I, I don't know, depending on your experience, because obviously everybody's individual, whether the forces yeah. is a very balanced place for learning who you are. Yeah, there's an awful lot of emotions and personalities going on when you do your time in the mob. There's some not incredibly nice people you meet. There's some, um, amb you know, middle of the road, ambivalent, doesn't really matter type of people. And there's some not so nice people. Yeah, um, get people with personality issues and, and they can be incredibly violent and...
if they decide to make your life a misery it's a you know you're in a confined space you can't just it's not like it's not like working in a normal job you can just go home and say screw this I'll, I'll look for another job on Monday you're, you're stuck in that confined environment and yeah, yeah. you know you have to go, go, you, go back to the crystal yeah um, did that open up different things you believe did it change you uh, undoubtedly it changed you but I mean as it giving you anything anything positive it, and I'm not it, trying to it, condone anything uh, open up open you up in different ways or is it only uh, atrophied and destroyed your body your soul your mind your spirit right I can't talk about that what you just asked me because it's against the rules of this platform to elucidate on the effects of substances what, oh, oh, okay. what let, let's just take a parallel track and and say have i ever had a negative experience that destroyed me or did this or no absolutely not alex all my life's been very tough at times and i wouldn't change that for the world you know i when i was a kid i wanted a tough life i didn't want an easy life because i thought if really? I, yeah when i was homeless the first time 14 i think 15 I was smoking wow. a ci- sm- smoking a cigarette on a street corner. Wow! I was in my school uniform. You know, all my mates are going off to school. I'm 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 technically homeless for the first time, right? Um, are you scared? <coughs> nah. I no. I, I thought. What sort of upbringing did you have? Well, without getting Tough? into into the nitty gritty, oh yeah, highly traumatic, mate. Yeah. M- 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 so was being homeless like a walk in the park well i was quite lucky i think i spent like one night out just wandering the streets then the next night i had a friend very kindly took me in so i did the the sofa surfing thing right and then after doing that for a week my my dad came and picked me up so i was living with my mum and this um bit of a bit of a insane stepdad right but when i was there smoking that cigarette on the street corner alex I thought, bring it on. I don't want an easy life, you know? Because if I have an easy life, yeah, I won't look. Le- How can I learn anything? <laughs> right? That's that- quite That's quite um, enlightened at a young age. And as I understand the pain and suffering that we experience are our greatest learnings. And we actually, getting hippie here, we choose this. Our higher self chooses this. Us. We choose this. We choose this crap. Which is the most horrific, horrible things, and that, and I've had arguments with family members about you know people who die and the suffering. We've actually chosen this. I believe. I I don't know if I believe, but I can appreciate that that's a possibility for our highest consciousness. And it's the most horrific things that happen. You know, you can and and it it doesn't seem fair. I don't know if that is the real reason, and I I don't want it to be the real reason, but logically. I, I can appreciate that it could be. So for you to appreciate the fact that, you know, having this hardship is going to give you learnings, quite heavy, quite out there straight away. But you, but I get that. But when you're going through it and you're actually suffering the pain, and you've got someone metaphorically stamping on your head in a muddy puddle and you can hardly breathe, you, you want to get that boot off your head. You don't want to be there. How do you get through those times? When you're cold, you're hungry, you're scared. I mean, I'm not enjoying that moment. 
mean, now, look, we're, we're in relative comfort. It's easy for us to say this now. We're sitting here in our homes. You know, we're like gods. I mean, I, there's lots of, I'm not a, a millionaire or anything, but to most people in the world, I am. I'm a god because I've the luxuries that I have in my in my life, which most people don't have. Oh, mate, we th this is half the problem with our lives, isn't it? Is capitalism sugarcoats you in easiness, right? It's a shit deal. I mean, you've got to give, you've got to work every single day except Sunday. Oh, slavery, and it, slavery. You know, and you get two weeks a year to like find yourself. So it's not like you can go to India. You might, you might make Benidorm. Then you've got to get back to work for your, you know, for your idiot boss. Sorry, bosses, but I'm, I'm I can only talk about my experience. And um, and and the trouble is, it doesn't let you get too. You know, it doesn't throw tough challenges at you, and it doesn't let you shine. So you you're stuck in the middle, right? So, so but let's answer the question. When when you got real shit going on in your life, mm. how do you go? Well, this is great. I'm I'm learning stuff. I'm evolving. <laughs> There's a guy who's trying to kill me and my family, and all the most horrific things happen. I really don't feel happy. I don't feel spiritually enlightened. I feel in pain. So tell me, what do you do in that experience? There and then. Oh gosh, it's, it, it's so many things, Alex, isn't it? Um, Have you got the answer? Yeah, well, I've got the answer that as far as you're going to get it, you know. Only Smarties have the answer. <laughs> Remember that song, Only Smarties Have the Answer? I do, I do, but <laughs> it, it it's like this, right? Whichever way someone else deals with it, and I don't mean this to sound egocentric or, can, you know, arrogant. I, I honestly don't mean that. I'm just answering you honestly. The way that most people deal with it is like, I, w I, I ain't going to deal with it that way. Sorry. I'm not going to feel sorry for myself, which seems to be de, de rigueur these days, right? You know, yeah. I, you won't get me putting that shit on freaking Facebook, right? You won't yeah. get me being negative about it it's like right i've got an issue how am i going to deal what how can i deal with it in the most positive way um so you are always problem solving i'm problem yeah, solving listen, I, I know as a as a paratrooper you're you're taught you're you're bred and you would be in the same milk as a marine you're bred to to think and survive in a certain way i'm not saying that we don't still feel stress and it can get too much for some people, which is why they commit suicide. But the first thing you're taught as a young recruit, stop feeling sorry for yourself, Reed. You get clipped round the ear. Just man up, pussy. Stop. That's the worst thing you could do. But and okay, so you man up. But there is a time I felt very depressed for just recently. For I've I've literally just slipped out of a great depression in the last week, and I felt so down. And like you, I don't shout or scream about it. It's all smiles, and that's the thing, especially with soldiers and um, and tough guys. It's everything's fine. It's always happy. Like like I've, I've said this many times, the beautiful swan gliding across the lake, but underneath it's going like crazy. Um, I might be all looking happy like yourself, and but I have slipped into such depression. I haven't been able to see a way out of it. I've now my default set mechanism is to see that way out of it, and I'm like, right, come on, Reed. I've metaphorically slapped myself around the face, like my recruit drill sergeant when I was a young Tom in the Paris, and I was slapping myself as the drill sergeant. Read, man up, come on. 
And I was doing it with love as well. I wasn't being too hard. Because sometimes you can't always, <coughs> can't always be tough on yourself. Sometimes you, sometimes you be the drill sergeant. Come on. Sometimes you have to be loving. But I know what you mean. You know, uh, have you not ever got to the point though where you you felt I just don't know if I can do this anymore? Yeah, our mental health is so fragile, Alex, isn't it? That you you can be riding the crest of a wave. You you could be the most successful, well balanced, da 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 guy or girl on the planet. And in a split second, you you can feel like fuck it. it, it what's it all? You know, what's it all about? I I don't feel like going. You can. This it's what it's why people refer to mental health as fragile, isn't it? All you need is a big hug. I'm reading some of the comments. <laughs> Thank you. Mm. Hugging is good. Hugging is very essential. Um, and you're very lucky. Some people don't get that though. I mean, I, I, I cuddling a child, cuddling a dog. It releases an essential chemical in your body called oxytocin. Um, I have a dog, a lovely little rescue dog, and she gives so much love. I got a cuddle from her yesterday, actually, and I felt instantly better. But what do you do when you don't have that interaction? When you don't want to... How do you... <clears throat> what do we do to those people who don't have the, the strength to ask for help? And that's the thing, because I don't want to ask for help. You're proud. But you know what? I tell you what you do. And this sounds, I've been laughing at my friends. And this is, is it big? It is quite big, I think. Do you know, I did the other day, I've been feeling so low, so depressed. And people have started coming to me, weirdly. I, do you know what I did? I prayed. I don't pray. I'm not what we call a, a devout Christian. I mean, I'm, I am clinically a Christian. I don't necessarily believe in the doctrines of, of the Bible because I, I look at the where it all comes from. It actually comes from the actually mesopotamian where it originally originates from so it goes back much more earlier than the old testament but long story short i started praying i said god please just help me help me help me help me and i was <laughs> i felt so much silly doing it but i, I loved, it didn't matter because i was so desperate and i'm saying that now because i heard people coming to me they could tell something was wrong because i wasn't doing poor me i don't do the poor me um yeah so i just asked for a greater higher power you should have called me mate i'd have sorted you out in a phone call you, do you know how many people have said that i know is it is... and i've got so much support from friends uh who say look why didn't you call me why why did uh, and but so many people and i'm you don't want that though you don't want to you're the beautiful swan they're all fine i'm fine i'm fine mate but yeah, inside, it, you don't you don't want to ask for that help. But do you know who I asked for the help? I don't know if he's there, or where, or who, or who, or some greater higher power. Well, do you know what do you know what prayer actually means? The word as in used in the Bible, what it means? It it means meditate, because all the answers are inside us, aren't they? Because the universe is inside us and and outside us and around us and infinity that way and in infinity inside um so when jesus says there's nothing that can't be there's no problem that can't be solved without fasting and prayer so he means go easy on yourself don't shove yourself full of food so your body's tired and it's overworked and it's stressed trying to you know process blooming steaks or something 
and go inside yourself give yourself the calm give yourself the peace to think and are you a religious person tell me um tell me what what do you know about jesus was he around two thousand years ago or was it earlier oh you're probably when we talk about jesus Alex, Give me a brief, we, without getting in depth but let's let's, let's try and cover it in in a, about three four minutes all right so you're talking about f probably four if not a lot more different stories r running simultaneous right so you've got the plain story was there a guy called jesus who lived two thousand years ago or earlier the history books would probably tell you no because there's no record but then of course christ isn't a name christ just means the anointed one um and so but that's just that's the one story of a physical human right then you've got the religious story that they tell you in the churches that it's a guy come down from heaven you know through the the, the born to a virgin uh, rose again on the third day and it's um i'm just going to say my view is that's not really a very helpful story right then you've got the chrism story so christ means the anointed one and that's a reference to the kundalini experience that the human body goes through when you you live a pure a pure lifestyle so you you your body's alkaline you're drinking your water you're staying away from your toxins like your alcohol and your tea and your coffee. You're at peace with yourself. Have a multi. Yeah. You have a knowledge of the world as, as much as you can. So you're open mind, you know, you're open to knowledge. And your body goes through this, that's called the Kundalini experience. And it's when you see that the, the symbol for a lot of health organisations is the two, the two snakes twirling around the stick that's to represent the i don't want to get too biological here but that's to represent the experience that goes on in your body and and comes up your spine when you're living when you're living this way so that's the third story um in in jesus and then you've got you've got the fourth story which is astrological which is about you know the sun i.e the sun <laughs> um you know, the three white, the stars, the equinox, the the Easter, the Christmas. Where, where Christ do these stories come from? Tell me, what is it? A, is it a political agenda to control by a ruling class? That all, all four are different, Alex. You know, the Kundalini is just a. So blood. what's the four different? The four different um, purposes of the four different stories. Four different outcomes. Um, it's. Well, look, we're we're business. Yeah, this Jesus stuff is pretty good. Do you know why don't why don't we change this pagan Roman festival where we have sex orgies on the twenty fifth of December, and we're going to get everybody into this new. Everyone likes to celebrate on the twenty fifth of December. Well, Jesus's birthday is I think it's around February, but let's move it to the twenty fifth of December, and like we get everyone. We're where we've got all these old temples and pagan gods. What we do is make them churches, and we change this business. And guess what? We're gonna. We're going to make a killing here, guys. Oh, yeah. God, if you don't worship God and do Jesus, you're going to be in trouble. Big business. Do you, do you buy, get my drift? Is that That's one potential philosophy. Yeah. But th there was a guy, right, 2,000-odd years ago. Uh, why do we? Why is it in all the history books? I mean, what? When? when was he around? That's the thing I'm trying to work out. Why we... 
listen, I mean, I, I, when we're in, when we're in, I've been in um, court so many times, I promised to swear, said the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. I'm holding a Bible, a, bu- a book that's been made up by people. Is it? I mean, <laughs> how do I know that's going to hold up, that's going to tell the truth? I mean, I, people lie. Mm. How's, how's that supposed to, you know, my, my truth is different to your truth. I don't get it. It's like... <sighs> I love the story of Jesus. Um, he was a seminal a seminal um, factor in my, uh, let's call it enlightenment. You know, I don't, I don't like words like recovery. It sounds like you, you know. Really? So, so you don't think he was a Roman, the son of a Roman centurion? Mate, I don't really care. What, no. what, what, Alex? I tell you what, what did what he I, did he walk on water and do these miracles? No, that's all allegory. That's symbolism for 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 other things. Like for example. Um, you know when he chats to the to the beggar who's outside the city walls, the the blind man, and he's he's like, yeah, I'm poor, I'm blind, I'm not allowed inside the city walls because that was only the rich people were allowed. If you ever go to Jerusalem, it's like a little walled city, right? Um, and of course Jesus says to this geezer, no, everyone's equal under my Father, i.e. God, i.e. universe. Um, you're you're just as equal as those you know, those um, religious leaders and kings and blah, 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 blah. And so the guy turns to him and goes, oh, my God, you are so right. I once was blind. Now I see. Do, do, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's allegory. It, it's like he's opened this guy's eye. Um, the, the cast your net on the other side of the boat. That's a reference to people that live in their left, you know, the left hemisphere of their brain and haven't, haven't... Um, See, the, the, the technology, the, the ancient wisdoms they had, I look at the, the, the Vedics, the Vedas, they, 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 like, they talk about like spaceships and the, advanced, the, the, the technology they had back then was so superiorly advanced, to, even to what we had today, how they built certain things. Um, have we gone backwards rather than forwards? Were we more advanced back then? Do you know the thing about Jesus that really touched me is how many people are prepared to die to do the right thing, Alex, you know? Um, let, let's not mention any kind of, you know, medic, medical stuff. I think you know what I'm going on about because it just that just causes a load of shit for the podcast. But, you know, he did what he did the right thing he stuck up for the poor he stuck it to the man even though he knew that the man's going to come for him and they're going to nail him you know eventually he's going to be nailed to a cross for for his beliefs and he stuck to them you know and i tell you what there are very few people like that alex i think you know there's very few people that are willing to 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 die to do the right thing that that goes back to what you said when you were 14 years old but that's why just that's the point it comes down to i'm on the cross i've been out there you know i don't want to die i don't want to die but this is great for myself i'm doing great i'm doing great that's just great you know it's great for spirit it's great for like the advancement of but at that time i'm scared i'm crapping myself what's that all about how do i transcend that fear how do you transcend that pain knowing that it and how do you have that 
it's having that faith, isn't it? Having that faith and knowing. But I'm sure you must get tested. Um, did, didn't he? Didn't Jesus? So there's a, there's a, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Please shoot me down in flames if I'm wrong. I think he, he had fear on that cross. And at one point he was like, my father. Or was he? Am I wrong in saying? Am I wrong in saying that? Was he the whole way through? All right, this is what's going to be. Um, the human side of Jesus, this part of him is human, was like fucking hell. This is horrible. Get me off it. Why am I here? This is you know, he's been brutalized in every single way. Yeah. It... God, we could. How did we get on Jesus? The the <laughs> the irony of Jesus' stories. Most people will never understand it, Alex. He 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 only asked one thing, right? This is a guy that gave his life for you and me, right? He only asked one thing, and that was, "Don't build churches to me. I'm, I'm the messenger. I'm not the message, right?" That's all he asked is don't worship me. I'm 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 not you know. And of course Amen. and of course what, what did it do? The powers that yep. be that realise yeah. if they use his story they can control business. You, that's you know? business, isn't it? That's business. And that, that's the corruption of it. It's... You ask me if I'm religious, I can't I can't be religious because it would be a sin against Jesus to do exactly the opposite of the the only thing yep. he asked us to do. Yes. Right? Do you get yes. it? The only thing Jesus I, asks you to I do is don't be owned, don't be controlled, don't yeah. don't let them turn me into the religion. I'm just the message here. I'm trying to enlighten you to give you your free freedom, right? And of course, it's a bit like when people say, um, yeah, have you found Jesus? It's like I've been around a lot longer than Jesus. These carbon molecules that I'm made of. I've been here since time immemorial, since the, since the beginning beginning of creation. What was I supposed to do back yeah. then? You know, yeah, you're talking about the carbon molecules. What what else? There's more to. Let's go back to the eight grams. I think we talked about this before. We did, yeah. There's more to us than there's more to us than these carbon molecules, because these will cease to be. They will change. They will become something else as energy. But what about the other energy, which um, is the electricity? of these carbon molecules where does that go what what about before that where you know and then we get, we get onto buddha oh we'll be all day we're talking about religion but i've just i've just fascinated um do, as as a 14 year old lad you were like you, you obviously i don't know your story entirely chris um but i i'm paraphrased you had some bad shit going which made you being homeless at 14 not the bit the worst thing in the world that's quite sad in many respects, but at the same time, it's also um, empowering. Yeah, is it? Do we complicate it though, Alex? Because I've got a simple system where I don't, you know, I don't have to deal with fear because I don't want to. I, I, I think I should stress I've been through tough stuff in my life. You know, I've been homeless several times fortunately not not like extended street homeless for it but you know i know what it's like to walk down the street and you don't know where you're going to lay your head that night you've got no money in your pocket right you're wondering why why does this life always conspire against me right I, yeah. i've done that i've done the starving for like nine days because i you know i haven't eaten really? well we're talking 
nine days when you when you're addicted to to crystal meth you can't eat right and if you keep taking it you'll stay awake nine days and you won't eat imagine the the shock and confusion you when you finally crash which just means going unconscious right you don't generally have a controller where you wake up for me it was generally in (laughs) hotel rooms where I'd met some girl and we'd gone we'd gone and got ourselves a hotel and of course really I hadn't slept for nine days mate so I crash out on a pillow this this girl can't wake me so she panics thinking I'm dead or something and bugs out you you, you then wake up with the police waking you up right um I've I've done the relation you out for can, you out for can I just go? can I just finish what I'm saying saying as don't mean, I don't mean to be yeah, rude yeah. it's just this this no, no. is carry this on, is I just want people to understand why I don't do what normal people I say normal you you know what I'm trying to say I've been there mate I I I've I've had that kind of scared childhood I've had the failing at school I've had the feeling of not belonging I've had the you know you finish with your first love and you just cry your eyes out for days on end because the but somebody that loved you is just just gone right because you've never really known that love um i've done the why is it always happened to me thing i've done the you know mentally unwell thing i've done the yeah you know, what i'm trying to say is i make my rules now because it just makes my life so much easier mate i don't have to live in fear anymore i make my rules i'm not scared of anything or anyone you know bar bar the fact i am human i'm not you know i'm obviously not superhuman you say you say that this is a question that I, I, which makes me more and makes me <clears throat> keeps me here in this reality when i feel sorry for myself i've got people that depend on me and I've got purpose, which is the greatest anchor to stay in this avatar called Alex Reed. That sounds deep, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, because I've not wanted to carry on in this, this existence, but I've got, I've got work to do. And the reason being goes to what you just said. I do care about, I do care about so much about other people that I'm, they, they, I'm almost controlled. I have a, I have a mission to help. That's why I've got the Bob Brief Foundation, um, and I'm, um, you know, many parents who aren't seeing their children. Um, I want to help change this terrible atrocity on society. So, it, and somebody's got to do it because for evil to exist, a good man does nothing. So I, I have a purpose because there's so much pain and suffering going on, and it's continually going on by a system, a corrupt system, CMS, the family courts. I think I sent you something earlier on. How much did this, did I say you said the CMS, the family courts made? I think um, I think it was one point seven mil last year. Um, let me get it. One second. Long story short, it's uh, one hundred million. One hundred million. Hmm. The family courts made last year. Now, at the the suffering and misery of people. So, I'm not a soldier, but I'm a. I believe in fighting for what's right. And that is what I, I, I have a mission. And I'm scared for all those people suffering, for people, for the, the, the children who are suffering, for anyone who's suffering, the men, who, the women, anyone who's suffering. 
we have to do something right. And that is, I guess, I don't want to be on the cross. I really don't. That doesn't, that doesn't, but I can actually see myself. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not about to get on a cross and get nailed, but I have a purpose to, to, to change that. And sometimes when you put your head above the parapet, you get shot, right? And I don't want to get shot, but you have to do what's right. Well, you don't have to, but I, I feel compelled. And that, unfortunately, gives me suffering because I don't want to be nailed to a cross. But if you're putting your head above the parapet, there's some stuff going on. I'm talking in riddles. Um, there's a there's a gentleman, a, a Poland MP called Ben Bradley, who recently just talked about men's rights. Um, we need a man's minister because, and he wasn't saying, and I totally wholeheartedly agree with him. And he got come under so much fire from the establishment and from women's rights groups and from LGBT groups. And I posted, this is, this. Is, it seems horrific. It's like people, all these other groups are saying, this is, what do you mean men's rights? Men's have been the most, white men are the privileged, most privileged um, demographic in society around the world. I said, au contraire. Maybe a hundred years ago, maybe 50 years ago, but not today. Any man who's been through the child family courts, who are the most, um, likely to commit suicide, 78% as men. Um, we, the, the white man today is, look at what just happened, and, I, and I, there's nothing, and there's no sides here, but the Black Lives Matter situation. Uh, white men, it was almost guilty to be white instantly. Um, we, we, we just, we have no rights. And they, and I, I had a, I was, I talked compassionately to this, this gay uh, LGBT activist on, um, on Instagram. And I got angry with him because I, I could just, I'm being judgmental now. I looked at his pictures and he looked like a typical, that's, I shouldn't say that, that that's me being prejudiced. Um, but it, it came across like high and mighty, knew everything about hadn't actually experienced life. Just looking at the other posts and looking at what he was saying. And I was like, I talked with compassion. I said, can you have some compassion? This, this situation. And, I managed to garner his respect. Not that I wanted it, but it made me angry that people, some of these, these activists, these women's rights groups, from what my experience is, from seeing and talking to them, they're not listening. They just want to be so right and so, and, and they've got the support of some um, well privileged white males who, who are saying this yes, we are, we're, we're fine, you know, men, men do have rights. I'm like, we don't. Not like we used, not, well, I don't want rights like we used to 100 years ago. I'm all for equality. I'm, I'm, and that's the thing with, with the Bob Reed Foundation, with, with many other men's activist groups. It's not about us being in control and keeping the power. It's about harmony for a better society. Let's look at what's going on with CMS. Um, that's... Uh, is it is that the child child is? child maintenance service yeah we just had a guy a gentleman is ian briggs and his his son uh in the ref for more than 20 years 29 years i think and his son was in there for like 15 years RAF, a veteran um split up with his missus um and all these horrible accusations were made by his his ex-missus against him um uh, horrible ones. The police overrid them all. They said this, it's all. It, they actually said it was all unjustified. Long story short, he had 
he even argued with the CMS at one point, saying, I need to pay more. I need, I can afford this, and this is what I've been paying. But then when it goes to what we call collect and pay with the CMS, they they take 20%. Why I'm, I'm talking quite technical, because I'll come back to that in a second. And I, you'll see the corruption. 20% is quite a lot. Well, that should be going to the child. But why, why is a, a government agency, or I don't know if it is, I think it's a private agency run by Serco, but I, I, why are they taking this money? It's, it's like, it should be going to the child. Obviously, they've got to run, but that's a lot of money, 20%. Long story short, they fictitiously put on £26,000 of uh, fictitious arrears onto Gavin, Gavin, this, this gentleman's um, wages, which he simply couldn't afford. It left him just over £100 a month to live on. And he tried to do the right thing. He, he got so depressed, he took his own life. Mm. And this is happening. This isn't an isolated incident. I've seen this happen time and time again. And I feel passionate to protect these men because that's not doing the child any good. No. And it's not doing society any good. And I think I've said this before. Look at when you've got soldiers, hardened soldiers fighting in Afghanistan and Iraq. They're more scared of CMS than fighting the Taliban. There's guys at the Grenfell Tower. There was a, um, I shouldn't really say his name, um, long story short, a, a top uh, fireman who's involved in helping a lot of people over what's going on. He had to be taken off duty because he couldn't function because of what CMS were doing. Now, these aren't deadbeat dads, which which is the accusation. These aren't dads who are not paying. They want to pay, and they are paying. But there's it, it's so so many fictitious um, charges to being put on by CMS. But why are they doing this? What's going on? And this isn't isolated. So many men are committing suicide over this, and and a lot of veterans. Um, something needs to be readdressed. Mm. So. We've, we've actually um, I'm actually helping raise money to get legal aid, um, not legal aid, um, a GoFundMe page to have this investigated. Because the thing is, government know what's going on, but they don't want to do anything. Why? There's a house of cards. There's something very fishing going on. The, 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 the law society don't really want to touch this. Why? What's going on? There's no transparency these aren't deadbeat dads, and they are paying money, and there's fictitious uh, figures are being put on, and it is extremely sexist, because in in all the cases, um, a man, if a man complains, he wants to get, if he's looking after the child, and the, uh, predominantly, then the woman, the other parent, generally has to pay some money to CMS for that. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And that, that's not me being chauvinist or misogynist. That's, that's a fact. If it's the other way around, what happens is lies are made up um, generally. And uh, listen, there are arsehole dads. There are arsehole women. There's arsehole people who make lies up and say, who don't pay, who can pay, who don't pay, and use, use that against them. So I also know I'm also up for, you know, the, the, the bad dads, the bad parents, the bad mums to be slapped on the wrist and to pay money. I understand that. But it's not really the case so much. It's predominantly fictitious things are made up. And who's profiting? The, the women uh, who are making up these lies don't actually... Often, often what happens is they think if they go to what's something called collect and pay, 
they go directly to CMS, what they do is they get more money. They end up with less money a lot of the time because there's 20% taken off from CMS. And then there's fictitious, it, it creates more problems. And then what they're doing, and it, poor old Gavin, this, this gentleman who took his life, he was also a victim of parental alienation, which I've talked, which is atrocious. And it needs to be a direct crime now. It needs to be a hate crime. I mean, we've got all these rules about hate crimes, but what, what about the, the number one hate crime, parental alienation? It's horrific. Um, how many kids have you got? Uno. Uno, one. Yeah. And you've got no problems? You're good with your missus? Oh, mate, I'm very, a very uh, fortunate, very fortunate situation. Well, she is. <laughs> and you're very modest as well. Well, it, it, have such a good-looking stud. Well, you know, I, I sometimes get a bit scared. I didn't tell you, I do get scared sometimes, and that's when the women are trying to smash my my front door down, Alex. Back doors. <laughs> no, they they try and smash my front door down oh. when they're trying to escape. <laughs> Yeah, I got a, a little bit passionate there for a second. I'm, Listen, I, it, it's about it's about helping. I want to help people. You yeah. mentioned about you um, you make your own rules, but the thing is, when when there's rules, right, which are affecting other people, I'm not a vigilante, but for evil to exist, a good man does nothing. At some point, we need to make a stand against what's going on. I'm not about. I'm not trying to create a, a revolution. But what do you do when there's such injustice? Listen, I know all about injustice. Look at my ex-wife. I don't even want to go there. I, and that's all I'm going to say. Absolute disgusting injustice. The the harassment... Oh, well, I am going to go there for like 30 seconds. I'm going to get this off my chest. The the injustice and suffering, my, me and my whole family, what's going on? And the whole Harvey's Law and the hypocrisy of someone who trolls and bullies and has trolled and bullied so many people for so many years... And it's fundamentally lied and evidentially can be proven. Ah, anyway, so I know about injustice, but and sometimes you do just have to let it go because you know you're not going to get it. What's that, the serenity prayer? Yeah, it's, uh, is it something about having the grace to accept what you can't change? I like that. I like that bit. Yeah, and you have to realise, like, okay, but, or am I not, I often wonder, like, I mean, I could keep fighting. Uh, it's not necessarily a losing battle because you can keep fighting. But listen, I, I even won in court against the revenge porn of Katie Price showing an audience of 40 sexually intimate videos taken without my consent or knowledge. Um, and I won. But what did I win? Got a 500-odd grand legal bill. It's like, great. You know, it's ridiculous. And, and Oh, she's bankrupt. So it's... Whatever, and I'm still being threatened now as we speak. So the, the justice from the, the criminal situation. And what I see, what I see with her, she has money because she's paying good advice. And if you've got money, money protects everybody. It's protecting this the CMS. There's so, they're making so much money. They're making money and that's funding other companies. And, there's, and the politicians, and they will be named and shamed, they're not doing anything. There are some good politicians out there. We have Anne, Anne Whittacombe has been wonderful. Ben Bradley. Um, but 
money corrupts. And there's people are in the pocket of a company called Serco and who run CMS and run many other companies. Um, I don't want to go on too much about it because I'll be here all day. Okay. And it's not conspiracy theory. It's all there in black and white. It's anyway. Mate, the whole, everything we're experiencing at the minute is a conspiracy against a humanity, isn't it? <laughs> you either see it or you don't, you, or you don't. And it, what, let, let's not talk about the thing, you know, the issue that we all know what I'm talking about. Cause it, it, I don't know it, what it, you're talking about. <laughs> thank you, mate. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I think um, let's, i tell you what, we, we were going to ha- do some sort of podcast, weren't we? Me, you and Dave Radband, we're going to, yep. we're going to come at this um, from a few different angles and just try and expose what's, what's going on. Um, I always think it's terribly unfair the way fathers can get treated in, in you know, these kind yeah. of divorce situations. And it, oh God, I mean, yes, it's, it, it must be heart, well, it is heartbreaking. There, there, uh, there needs to be accountability. This is the thing, the money buys, the, the government, the, gov- the politicians know what's going on. But mm. guess what? They're... Yeah, but the, we got to remember. Let, 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 let's not be under any illusion, folks. Politicians do not work for us. They don't like us. They think we're scum. They serve the ruling elite, the people that pull yeah, that. Yeah. Right. Let let let's stop. We're hearing too many people saying, "Why don't politicians do this?" And why don't because they don't. You know, at, at the low level, at at. at at local county office level or or, 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 or what you know con, um constitute what what's the word i'm looking for in, in constitu- constituency yeah they you know they might try their best they might do you know they they do not try their best i mean it's it's about something called a pound note the slavery that money pays and it rules um, all the public law firms, they, they don't, they're not interested. The politicians aren't interested because it's not lining their pockets. They're making money. It's a house of cards, and it's very hard to go up against. So what do you do? Do you, do you just allow the atrocities to continue to happen? Um, and when we used to throw, I told you this before, we used to throw homosexuals in prison not long ago, in the 60s, and even before, we, we did the most horrific things to people. We hanged people, and, you know... Does that mean we should carry on doing those things? Are they barbaric? We, we, what we call, we so-called evolve, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but some things aren't evolving. So for evil to exist, I said, I'm not about to come a vigilante, but what do you do to stop this evil which is happening? How do we wake up? How do we wake up society and get the mass, critical mass 100 monkey syndrome. Like when enough people get it, everybody gets it and the world will change. But I mean, that's me talking hippie. Well, hippie, we can mate. only keep doing what what we do, mate, isn't it? You know, there is no guarantee, Alex, that that good will triumph over evil and and save this thing called humanity simply because life is pretty random, isn't it? You know, I bet the dime... Um, I the, just want to... Just want to mention, uh, just while I want this, and I don't want to carry on about it. Uh, um, I've got to be in my bonnet to to expose this, and to, and I actually have some 
influential people and people of uh, experienced professionals on side who aren't being paid and they're doing they're involved in this we've got a GoFundMe campaign to to help expose what's going on in the CMS with this this gentleman called Gavin who committed suicide and his father who two veterans and if you want to help we need money um, that we've got already got lawyers and professionals working pro rata because they believe in the situation so but we're still going to need money because the, the real powers they're so powerful and money buys so we need um campaigns we need lobbying we need um media campaigns we need to get the mass conscious of this out there so people understand what's going on so like non the non-resident parent isn't a deadbeat dad and it's not always uh, the Debbie Dad, occasionally a woman, but it's generally we need to raise awareness and change society. So I've got a GoFundMe page. Um, I'll, I'll share the link later, but would really appreciate any help to, to make the world a better place. Mm. Listen, we, Alex, we, we'll do something more on that. Don't don't yeah. worry. We, 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 um, I don't want to take it anymore now because. No, no. It's, well, it's only that we didn't. Let's to Buddha now. Say again? Yeah. Let's, now, now. let's talk about some boys stuff. So um, we've got Claire and Chris Vosper in the chat. They are the... Hello, de- Claire. Hello, Chris. Deli- yeah, the delightful couple that own V-Force Racing. Um, Chris... Oh, yes. Chris is a... Yes. An Apa- is a, is a Chris can fly Apache helicopters and he right. can shoot lo- lots and things and blow them up, right? Is the X- XRF? Uh, he has the most extensive CV. Former Royal Marines commando turned helicopter gunship pilot, right? But they How ver- does it take to become a helicopter gunship pilot? I'm intrigued. Well, when I did it, I, I did it uh, about two and a half days, but then I'm exceptional. <laughs> <laughs> like John Rambo's pretty good, isn't he? he oh, do you mean... You mean to actually become one, not not dream about it. <laughs> so, I mean, John Rambo was like, must be the most supreme soldier going. He was like, survival specialist. He could fly an Apache. You could fly. Oh, was it a Hind? The Russian Hind. Was the Hind, yeah, the Hind. Hind. Yeah. I'll John tell you Rambo. what. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of. I don't think "good's" the right word, but there's a lot of engaging literature and film that came out of that soviet afghan conflict it's really powerful stuff i mean those hind helicopters in themselves they were they were the they were savage you know of their time obviously the tech's gone right right up now one guy one russian pilot ejected ripped his leg to pieces as he came out of out of his cockpit um not sure sorry what what aircraft he was on now but when he parachuted down into the Afghan desert, he just took his pistol out, shot himself through the head. That was his fear of what the enemy were going to do to him, right? Which is not necessarily what they were going to do to him, but that was the fear that had been instilled into these pilots. What do you, do you know what they did, the Afghans? They, they weren't nice to the... I imagine they didn't do very nice things. Well... More likely going to get raped. It's... It's that thing, isn't it, where if you go invading someone else's country, you can't then tell them the rules that they've got to play by. 
I'm not support, supporting it. I'm not standing up for anything. I'm just saying, though, that, you know, they're an ancient culture, aren't they? And suddenly they've got thousands of uh, Soviets yeah. on who uh, have just come over their border and setting up bases and um, a bomb. And, you the, know, the Americans tried, and the French, I think, didn't they? Uh, I, I'm not sure now because that's all French were obviously in Vietnam, weren't they? Before the Americans, uh, yeah, no, that's I'm getting it's the French, yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting mixed up, yeah, yeah but it, yeah, no, it's not, it's, it's, it's not, yeah, Vietnam, yeah, it's all it's it's interesting. I just read a book called The The Bear Trap, all about the I'm almost at the end of it to be honest, it's a bit techy and it's a I, I like adventure stories these days and I get asked to read a lot or suggested and it's great. But you can get weighed down in a book that then you just you just want to finish it, right? But some of the you've stuff you've written a book, haven't you? How long did it take to write? Which one? Oh, exactly. There you go. You've written a few books. Tell one. me your books. Hey, look, they're up there. Hang on, there. That was my first memoir, Eat and Smoke. That's about my Hong Kong story when I en ended up a doorman for the Hong Kong triads. That one there. Is forty nights. That's the basically the down and out in England where I. Was... Do you know what? I can't see anything. Oh, of course you can't. Well, look, for, especially for you, that's eating smoke. Yeah. This is forty nights. The follow-up to How eating did you smoke. Get off in in a in a sentence. How did you get off the nastiness? Um. And was it smoke inject or or snort? I I the very strong stuff in Hong Kong. I was smoking it. <laughs> yeah. When I got back to the UK and I could no longer get that stuff, someone introduced me to injecting, which then just becomes like, not de rigueur, I don't think that's the right expression, but that just becomes your way. It, it's, um, and uh, how did I get off? Well, I did a talk about that to a corporation yesterday. I did a really good talk. Um, the light shone through my window one morning. I was in a particularly bad way like emotionally i was broken physically i was just a shell of a person i was living in squalor and the light shone through my window one morning while i while i was having nervous breakdown number three <laughs> or number four and in that ray of light came all the answers all of them just like that and you got enlightenment yeah it's the the first the first like brick of enlightenment is placed under your foot, but it was a quite a big brick. It was more like a pa a pavement. <laughs> Were and you high at the time? I was coming down off being high, mate, which was n never really n not so not. Do you not, in a nice place? Well, I ne I never knew where I was going to wake up. <laughs> so, yeah, when you haven't slept for days, you don't always have a choice where you fall asleep. Would you could you drive and things? Could I drive? Yeah. Well, you are compass mentis. You're not. Are you that, that out of it? You can't walk properly. Oh well, it all, it all depends on which phase of the the bin, Let's call it a binge that that you're on, isn't it? You know. Obviously, I'm not. I'm not going to give myself as example here because I don't want to get arrested. But Grand Prix racing drivers used to inject themselves with methamphetamine before they went out on the track. That's, you know. Allegedly, can you function though? Uh, you sexually euphoric and weird and all that sort of stuff. You can't. When you um, be able to not talk properly, like, uh, it, it 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 
it it depends. I don't I don't want to sound like I'm glorifying it. Yeah, yeah, no. And I, on the other hand, I don't want to slag it off because. But, but listen, it, look, uh, you're about to go and fight demons from another galaxy, right? And yeah. You, you ain't got much chance of living, right? And you you love your family and like, all right, I need to keep going. I'm going to get exhausted here. Will it help? Will it be? A, 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 I, I remember like World War One. You could go to. Well, I don't remember. I mean, I've, I've, I've read you could go to Harrods and buy an injection of cocaine and morphine to send your loved one on the front line. And the, the army were literally, oh, this is great. And then after a while, they realised this isn't great. Our, our soldiers might be great for a few hours and then, uh, you know, they're yeah. not in a good place. So, long story short, can you get these chemicals and these um, attributes naturally or... If you're about to, you know, I mean, I know I had a friend who's an ex-Navy SEAL and he was telling me they had uh, Adderall or something, or was it? Some sort of uh, speed sort of thing. That sounds like, on, that sounds like Adderall. To keep, them, to keep them awake. Hmm. They would take it um, if they're tired. Because it, it doesn't matter as much as you, you've got... Uh, look, there's a lot of diminishing returns, obviously. You can't keep taking it because you're going to... But it would it would keep them alert like sixty seventy percent if they needed it right you know they're still they're thirty percent less effective than they would be but they're still if they have to they would take pop these pills now would something like meth crystal meth would that keep you more alert for a longer time as oh. a soldier <laughs> oh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna talk if we get uh, demonetized it's just the way it is but. Yeah. Oh, right. Let's, let's talk about it. Well, let's no, it's it. it's so long as you keep taking it, you keep um, you keep producing, right? The problem is it's so strong and it keeps you producing for so long that it's your brain that gives up in the end, not 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 like your senses yeah. and your and your function, right? So, yeah. so for it, you know, for example, you might do one of them and you feel great for like five or six hours. Right. And you're, you, yeah. you know, your alter ego's coming out and you're smashing it. But by the time 12 o'clock at night, I mean, you, you can actually go to sleep, can't you? You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're like, well, you can maybe do another line and the mess. You not, get tired. You mess, get tired. mess, not like that. Meth is like, you are wide awake, razor sharp as long as you keep taking it. When you get to that 12 o'clock spot at night, you know, I don't want to say how you do it, but you you have a bit more and then it keeps you going for another 24 hours and you'll raise a sharp and focus. What it is that breaks down at the end is right. is your brain is so overloaded because you, you could stay awake 20, 20 days. If you had enough, you stay awake 20 days, it, it, you know. For the rest of your life until you break down, until you die. What about your heart? It's going to kill your heart, surely. It's going to, well, you know, it... it even when you're asleep on that stuff, you're still raging high on it. You still, your body's flooded. It's just finally you you get you get to sleep, right? Finally, you you know you you um. Sounds horrible. I mean, it sounds. It, I can understand the appeal, but when you really understand that, that's like that's like being possessed by a demon. Oh, well, that is it. That is addiction, isn't it? It is the devil. He has got you for um, that for that period. So, but you had. But the reason why I even went back here, you had enlightenment, mm. and it was, and that was like, hallelujah. 
Was it angels? No, it was just a, a, an awakening, you know. The light shone through that window, and in that moment, I realised that my way wasn't, it wasn't working anymore, you know. It, it had been great back in the early days, the honeymoon period. I'd learned a lot, you know, danced my ass off all night. I, you know, it's... it's the next three, sex, drugs and rock and roll. Well, I, I, I learned so much about myself. I learned that I wasn't the failure that they told me I was at school in, in you know... Really? In, well, I've become really? a best. I've become a best-selling author, didn't I? You know, so that you know that I, I, I'm just trying to be careful what I say here because I can. Yeah, 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 I can yeah, only yeah. tell you. I might... it, 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 listen, you you certainly have a big um, debt to pay. You might might give you some of those good things, but that's yeah. that, what that does it take? And so many people don't make it out the other side. I mean, horrendous. I'm just so lucky yeah. that you've got that enlightenment. Yeah, you know, that's. Good for you, mate. Yeah, I mean, I'm very fortunate. And when you got that, was that it done? Were you done then? No, because it doesn't just come like that. It's it's a committed journey. You know, you've got to want to learn. You've got to look at yourself. You've got to take an inventory of your shortcomings and you've got to tackle each one. And if one of those shortcomings, like it was for me, was a propensity for addiction, you know... You, you've got to address it and you've got to learn how to reprogram your brain so that this issue you've got isn't going to kill you. And you've got to do that for every area in life. If your problem is food, right, you need to work on it because you, you don't get a second go at it. When you get 50 and you have your heart attack or you get to 60 and you've got your cancer, right, you, you don't get a second go at it. You, Did you pray? No, never done. I, I'm not. I'm 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 a free thinker. <laughs> I'm free. Do you, not, do you not ever ask for help? Yeah, but I I ask it of the universe of which I am a part. Same thing. Same. Thing. You're still asking it. You're asking for help. You are. Do you ask for help? You do. No, I I don't, Alex. That's not that wouldn't be correct. What what I will do is I will go into myself occasionally, and I'll remind myself when I'm like that that I feel the universe coming up through me. That whatever that great thing is out there, I feel it coming through me, and that reminds me that I'm just a part of something huge, and that I'm always going to be here. I've always been here. I can't go anywhere. Not not worth worrying about anything, um, and that I draw my calmness, I suppose you say, and my love of life from that. You know, it's beautiful once you realise you're part of something absolutely special. And you don't need to listen to people on the telly or people bad-mouthing you or people trying to make stuff off you or advertisements. You don't, you don't need any of that. You're, you're perfect being as you are. you just got to learn to tune out of all that shit. Let's go back to the book. You know? I, I, this all because I asked you about a book. <laughs> how do we go off the subject? So how long did your first book take to the second book and, then, and so on? I love being interviewed by Alex Reed. This is, <laughs> I'm on, mate. I'm honoured that you're asking me. Right. So eating smoke. I wrote the manuscript in five months, non-stop. Right. I started it when I when I was on, when I was still heavily in the throes of addiction. I sat sat down one day. I was, you know, nutted as as you could say, in which I used to do, you know, what. 
less and less frequently is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but, yeah. You, you, know. you, you were starting to realise. You, had you had your enlightenment? I'd had my enlightenment and I was... And you were still, in the, in still, still yeah. taken by it. You hadn't yeah. quite got it right out yet. Yeah, one of the things I promised myself in that moment of enlightenment was I yeah. do one thing every day towards my future. Yeah. I would never be an angel. I wasn't going to go to any self-help groups or, or throw, yeah. my, throw my hand up to the Lord. I just I value my freedom too much, right? But what I would do is I'd cut down on the gear. It's interesting. You value for freedom. Asking for help is valuing your freedom. Well, I'm not, I, when I asked for help from God, it wasn't it wasn't in a Christian way. It was nothing to do with Christian Christ. Yeah, I was asking for help from the from something better than myself, something superior, something loving. Yeah, you but please. I, I just want to clarify there. If you're struggling, folks, reach out. Right. If you're going to drink yourself to death, and the answer is maybe go to AA. Yeah, yeah, go go and do it. But. Yeah. What what I found is it can become a real crutch for people, and a crutch is another way of being a slave, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a, a lot of the I've seen that. A lot of the language that are used in this arena is so archaic because it came from a time when we didn't have proper science. So it's not using psychology, biology, sociology to make sense of your life. It's using kind of let's just say religion. You know, and fear, yeah, and stigma, and using words like addicts, right? You'd never call someone with cancer a cancer because they, their family would turn around and punch you in the mouth, right? So yeah. why, why call someone who's battling a mental health condition by the mental health condition like addict, right? So, yeah. So to go back to what you're saying, like, I'm lucky, Alex. I never got to the point where I was really like gonna die next week like i've seen my friends who've drunk themselves to death you go and visit them and you're like mate you ain't gonna be here much longer <laughs> so and th this is this is when they're asking you to like take them out for a beer and you're like really is that oh, i'm fine chris absolutely fine it's like you're you're bright yellow um i, <laughs> I i'm giving you about about a week right and this is it <laughs> And do they last that week? They they generally, you know, die on the seventh day, Alex, right? And that, that's happened to me twice now, my, my two two best friends. So sorry if I sound flippant about it. I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah. That's the same. I've had the same. I, I know. You know, I'm just being realistic. How long did it take to write the book? Okay, it took me five months to write the manuscript. The manuscript was two books. It was double the size of what that book is now. So it's 240,000 words. I then spent, all in all, 18 months learning punctuation, grammar, and editing by editing that book about 11 times. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And through that period, were you off it? I was only off it when I first started writing it. Okay. And I could only write, I could only get the enthusiasm to write when I was off my head. So every month, oh. every month or so oh, really? i'd get the computer on i go right let's write some of that book again right wow while you're on your off your nut yeah how do you how do you, could you function properly oh it, Was it, it, have it, you looked it, back on it you were writing gobbledygook no i look back at it and i think i did what it said on it i i sat down to write a best-selling book and i knew i could you know 
Do you, do you, are you, are you totally honest in the book? Look, I'm off my nut as I'm writing this. No, because it's not about that period in my life. It's about my time in Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you'd asked me, like when I left school with failed all my GCS or O levels as it were back then, taught myself English in the Marines on a correspondence course, right? If you'd have asked me back then, could you write a best-selling book? I'd have gone, well, well I, I probably could write a book, but... Did you make a few quid off it? Oh, it's done, it's done okay, but you're never going to make the money that you put into it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. You know, I mean, if that book took me, let's just say, two years to write, yeah. and then and then let's, let's say I've done... If you, if you put it down at eight-hour days, I've probably done, like, three years' worth of promotion, two years... But- but that's your mortality. That's yeah. a book. That's the sort of book um, that people want to read for the rest. But before, well, after who's Chris Frow? But who's that guy who's on that crystal stuff? Yeah, let's read that book. <laughs> You're immortal. Tell me about the second book. Uh, so I went from there. I wrote fiction, actually. I wrote uh, fiction. Yeah, I wrote that book there, The Drift. It's uh, any truth in there at all? Yeah, it's, 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 bas- it's basically all my shitty anecdotes, but I put them as fiction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or not just my anecdotes, but people I met in the Marines, you know. Weird et- and wonderful things. Stories I heard from SAS guys. Um, that is much stranger than fiction. That I Trust me, there's some things that, I, that I've, ha- I've been involved in that you would never believe. Oh, look, there you go. There we go. That <laughs> Alex, I'm going to tell you this honestly, right? That one is a bit, it, it was my first fiction book. It, I, I like it, right? I, it's great. You either get it or you don't. There's five stories going on at the yeah. same same time. It's a little bit too much for modern people's thinking because uh, everything seems to become simplified, right? Um, if you understand it, it's actually really clever. But, but this one, The Trade, is... You're a really good thriller, like a really, it's just, and I managed to get some Illuminati shit in there as well, so it's, it's, um, yeah. What's Dirk still? He's, uh, he's special forces, look. Are you pinching your nipples or are you pulling your t-shirt up? <laughs> I'll do both at the same time, mate. And... Uh, special forces. Yeah. He's special. He, he's, um... Dirk Steele, for anyone watching, just type it into Facebook and you'll see you're talking to an SAS legend who also happens to be a very good friend of mine. <laughs> and he's, is he a badass? Is he, is he John Rambo? Um, Can he fly hind? He's bad, except when he's eating cake, which he does a lot. And he practices by smashing his mum's back doors in. That's his, you know, and he's got oh, a dog. That called- doesn't sound very nice. No, he goes to his mum's house, you know, gets he has his... sex with his mum? No, he smashes her back door in. I mean, that's he's practising his SAS drills, isn't he? Man, you can't say that. That's you, Everyone knows what that smashing your back doors in means. No, I mean, he actually smashes her back door in. <laughs> you can't not say me- that. I'm not talking metaphorically. Yeah, but you can't say that, mate. That's like... Nobody knows about... No, nobody says that anymore. <laughs> um, hey, Dirk, Sti- Dirk Steele does. Dirk Steele. That's bad. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> mate, I'm sure your mate Dirk still isn't going to be happy with the fact you just said he goes and smashes his mum's. Oh, mate, he, he tells everybody that every day. Go go on his I Facebook page. That's not right. Mate. I will check him out. I'm conscious of time. Yes. I've, I've got I've got to prepare. Look, you can see my. This is my routine for tomorrow. I'm doing a boot camp tomorrow. Oh, I'm brilliant! From Zoom. Uh, and I've got to, uh, I've got, to, I've got to do four more rounds. I do it like a an MMA fight. We're going to do a, an eight round MMA fight. And um, so I'm conscious. I must bid you adieu. It's been lovely speaking to you, young man. Alex, have you got anything to say? But I've got. Let's give it five more minutes just before I, I slide. You, you take the, the floor is yours, Master Thrall. Mate, you've given me the floor all night. You've been very. Uh... Very inquiring, which is quite nice for me, actually, because the questions you ask me, the sort of things that I want to get asked, not not the sort of stuff I normally I normally get I'm, asked. The thing is, I'm not actually trying to ask you clever questions. Mm. I'm generally interested. Okay. Um, I want to talk more about religion. I'm fascinated by religion. I'm not a religious person. But, I, I mean, as someone who's was a soldier and you... you you fight for Queen and God, and I'm like, hang on a minute, what's that all about? <laughs> Can we go and fight these? It, it just makes you understand what weird world we live in. They're the bad guys, and you've got to go and kill them because we're the good guys. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but hey, um, I'm not going to go there because we'll be there all day, but I'm fascinated by that. Um, I, I'm. I don't want to also upset people because there's some things I'd love to talk to you about, but there's there's two reasons. One, I don't want to upset anybody um, about political and historical agendas, and I think you probably know what I'm talking about there, uh, which happened in recent history. And two, I don't want to get deplatformed. No. Um, we'd, let's let's play the game, bloody game, mate. Uh, uh, guys, if you could all felt. Um, Check out the GoFundMe page. Um, it's on my. Um, how, how do I? Can you? Can I post it on here? Do I post it on YouTube? I'll um. I'll post the link underneath underneath this video. If you can send me the link. I'll send it to you now, mate. And then uh, give me two seconds. Two sh two shakes of a net whisker. Uh, in you are, Chris Frow. There you go. So this gentleman. Justice for, justice for Gavin Briggs. So we're after money to help basically expose and have accountability from the powers that be because there's so much injustice going on. And we have already got um, top lawyers and people on board, professionals who are giving their time for nothing. But we're going to need money. We're looking at about 10K. That's not a lot of money. In the grand scheme of things, but um, there's that's peanuts really because we've got people doing it on a shoestring budget, but we still need money. And ultimately, my other thing with the Bob Reed Foundation, if anyone, I, I say this again, if anyone's having trouble with not seeing their children, um, grandparents, parents, parentally alienated, please check out the Bob Reed Foundation. And um, have you have you got my Bob Reed Foundation details on your website? I think I've got them on our last video, mate, so I can easily... Yeah. Um... I just proved me. Bob Reed was my dad, and he died a very sad man. He was a loving, very loving, kind human being. And I asked him when he died, what's his best number one quality? Kindness. Long story short, if I had had uh, something like the Bob Reed Foundation to go to 
um, eight years ago, when I started going throughout the family courts, I would have some, I'd have, I wouldn't have tried to commit suicide, you know, I wouldn't have, um, yeah, got this, all this pain and suffering. And I would have, I would have dealt with things a lot better. So it's just having the advice and having many men and a lot of women, um, who've got experience. We've got experience and advice at every level. Unfortunately, we don't like to use lawyers, but we have lawyers if need be. Um, and it's about finding the right lawyers. It's, it's a complete and utter minefield, and it's a racket by CMS, CAFCAS, and the family courts. Mm. And we can give you advice and help. And that, if although I'm not a soldier or a fighter, this is the fight now. Um, hey, for uh, evil to exist, a good man does nothing. Alex, your dad was a para, para as well, was he? He was indeed. Do you know what? I think I've, I've, I, I didn't even know he was a soldier until I was about 14. We were playing in the loft. I was into like um, G uh, Action Force, Action Man and Star Wars and He-Man, into heroes like that Sinbad. And I remember seeing these pictures of my dad in the uniform. Huh? What's going on? My dad in the... Oh, he was a soldier. He, he didn't deny it, but he didn't ever talk about it. It was like, he's a pacifist. He must have become a pacifist overnight. Fought in Cyprus, the Oka War, fighting the terrorists out there, Suez Canal, all that sort of stuff. God. Army boxing champion. I was like, Jesus, mum, that's a real hero. That was it. I was hooked. I had to be a soldier then. Because, mm. I mean, I didn't... My dad hated that. Mate, I didn't finish what I was saying about Chris and Claire Vosper. Sorry to interrupt, but we're going yeah. to go and race cars oh. with them. Why are we doing this? I know why, because you talked to me about this. But tell me, why are we doing this, Chris? Um, because they're a very kind couple um, that would like us to come and showcase their... They, they run driving courses, so all kind of like special forces, hang out of a car and, and shoot a gun and da-da-da-da-da. If you just go, friends, to the V-Force, V-little-thingy... Is there any opportunity that we might die here? Oh, massively, hopefully. I mean, you know... I don't want to die. Well, I mean, I'm gonna die. Purpose, not on a hopefully back. people will die, but that it won't be us. We want realism. You know, I am a scaredy cat driver. Um, I'm pretty terrible, um, but hey. <laughs> I know, but you're, you're representing the parachute regiment, mate, so you, you, you know, you're I'm never going to... I'm going to have a lot of fights, so I can see this. Not, it won't be with Marines, it'll be with paras. Uh, 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 Listen, uh, uh. I did... Um, Gladiators TV show in 1998. Do the do the gladiator, and I lost. And I went to I was doing the door in Aldershot, and I come in and I had a fight with about five two paras. You uh, fucking wanger! You let us down! You fucking asshole! You come like, oh, <laughs> cheers. So I not only lose, I end up getting because I let, I represented the parachute regiment. They were wanting to have a fight with me. <laughs> it wasn't very nice. And I was a doorman. Not really. <laughs> See, mate, that's what this, these are the stories we should have talked about tonight. Mm. What was that? I say these are the stories we should have been chatting about. <laughs> uh, oh, there's plenty more. Yeah. We'll do it again, but I'm conscious it's, it's been a long... We want to keep it short. So yes, definitely. All right, Alex, Good listen, luck. I wish you well of it all. Lots of love to you, mate. Thank you so much for coming on. Don't, um, don't stay on the line because I'm going to play all my outro stuff. To everybody at home, massive love to you all. If you could like and subscribe, check out Alex's links. If my books sound interesting, it's Christmas coming up. Well, you got to do your best, haven't you? That's it.
See you all, everybody. Cheers, cheers. Thanks, Brooke. Friends, thank you for listening to the Bought the T-Shirt podcast. Please like, subscribe and share. And don't forget to follow me on social media. Username, Chris Thrall. Instagram, Chris.Thrall. Thank you.